Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thank you for listening. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, we have uh, a, another guest today joining us, Billy Shepard from Billy Shepard and Associates. And Billy delivers a coaching experience that transforms how an actor acts and business people communicate. Clients have said it seems like she has a mysterious or supernatural power that influences the creativity, confidence, and best abilities of a speaker or performer. What Billy does is magical. Billy's been a professional actor for over 40 years, appearing in lead roles in equity productions featured television appearances and numerous national and regional commercials. <clears throat> An acting coach for decades, decades, she's found two acting academies and five acting workshops in four states, and she's produced and hosts guest artist workshops, including such notable instructors as an Academy Award winner, Alan Arkin. Twenty years ago, Billy had an idea. She founded Billy Shepard & Associates, leveraging her acting experience and unique training methods into the business arena, transforming corporate speakers into influential leaders. And her clients include Facebook, Uber, Intuit, Rackspace, Lockheed Martin, as well as many financial and medical research companies. And this March, Billy had another idea. She merged her presentation training methods with the virtual needs of our times and created a powerful blend of the two, training business people how to enhance their virtual presentation skills. Her book, The Billy Shepard Presentation Method, describing her methods and participant breakthrough stories of success, recently launched on Amazon. And Billy's a Dean Scholar with a BA in Creative Arts and Masters in Theater Arts from San Jose State University. So let's, uh, enough enough about Billy, get her on the line. Billy, <laughs> thanks for joining me today. Real pleasure to have you. Oh, Bill, thank you for such a nice introduction. I was just listening away and so impressed with myself. I can't stand myself. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's, it's a very, you know, it's so important. You, you, you can't fit uh, 40 plus years of experience into, into one sentence. So you've, you've done a lot of incredible uh, work uh, being a professional actor, being in lead roles, and now helping people to uh, fine-tune their presentation skills. So let's talk about a little bit more about that. And how did you uh, transform into this role that you're, you have now? The virtual training? I, I'm going to tell you, we'll, we'll start here. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I'm a spoiled brat, and I like to do what I do, and change rattles my cage. My life experiences haven't allowed me to do that, though. I've had to uh, reinvent myself so many times, and the most recent was this virtual training. Uh, a very large company called me and said, "Can uh, when all this... COVID hit, I'm in Silicon Valley in the Bay Area, 
and everybody jumped on Zoom. Can you can you help our our company learn how to do Zoom? And I'm, I'll tell you, I said, you know, I really don't want to. I I said I right. know I should. My my workshop is two days, four hours each day. It's it's an eight-hour in-person workshop with groups of people, and I didn't want to do the Zoom thing. And they said, well, we'll give you a program manager and a tech person, and we'll help you, and they were wonderful. And it almost buried me, but we did it. And here's what we discovered, that my methodology of what I was teaching in person it, it turned out to be a beautiful marriage with Zoom and and the virtual messaging. So it worked out great. Uh, just briefly, I'll tell you that actors have to transfer their techniques from stage to camera and back from camera to stage. And now everybody else has to do it. Everybody else has to learn how to use the camera and be effective and use their voice effectively for Zoom. So it turned out great, and I love doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It's Everybody has to turn into you, – you're on camera. <laughs> you, you have to act interested, and uh, you can't just, uh, you know, twiddle away uh, as, as a lot of people are used to doing on – on webinars and that type of thing where, you know, that's the biggest fear about doing a webinar is that people just aren't engaged. They're multitasking and they're not really looking. But on Zoom, you can see if someone's not interested. Um, And so do you think that this change and helping people move into this new realm of of presenting themselves um, will have long-lasting effects and change the way that they interact on an individual basis if we ever get back to normal? Yes. Yes, and I underline the yes because it's going to be with us. Uh, the, the Garland Research Company said that uh, now we're at about 90% virtual presentation, and it'll drop back to, can believe this, 70%. So it's going to stay a while. It's it's going to be with us. There there is a tremendous number of benefits to the Zoom too that will remain with us when we go back to in person presenting and in person one on one meetings and conversations and facilitations. And that is the intimacy of both the camera when you when one uses to learn it and use it properly by looking when to look in the camera and when to drop your slides and when to put your slides back and um, the use of vocal modulation and clarity and the use of pauses. And when people enhance their vocal techniques, they will take that with them when they go in person with people. So these skills will, will, as you ask, continue on. It's a, it's a nice, uh, Benefit. There are benefits. Rather than hating these Zoom meetings, I'm really learning to uh, use techniques that help people get the intimacy from this machine. <laughs> yes, yes. And and so let's let's talk about some of those techniques, if you will. Uh, for instance, you know, a lot of people are saying uh, when I first started doing Zoom meetings, what eight 
eight months ago, let's say, for, for a lot of people. Um, it was exciting. And, and then now I have something called Zoom fatigue. I'm just, uh, and maybe that's because meetings aren't um, crafted properly. Maybe it's because they're too long. What are some of the the tools and tips and techniques that you share with people to help them become better Zoom participants? Oh, good, good question. The uh, one, a couple of things. People talk too much, myself included. Just ask my children. One of the things <laughs> that's crucial for for good Zoom or virtual communication is the ability to be concise and to learn how to edit. And people don't do that in their in-person meetings enough either. But in virtual meetings, the attention span is less and people get fatigued if there is too much coming at them and they even stop breathing. There's a Zoom apnea, they call it. So to learn to be concise and to learn to breathe while you're on these meetings is important. Um, the other quality that we really realized when we were you know, developing this marriage between my methodology and this, the virtual work, is the importance of the voice and the importance of highs and lows and crisp diction and uh, most importantly, the I call it the sexiness of pauses because when an important point is made, and there is a brief pause, it allows the audience to digest and listen and digest the message and then bring what they're bringing to it. And then a collaboration can start. It, actors learn to deliver lines and let that line land, making sure that the other actor's getting that message. And we need mm -hmm. to do that with our virtual vocal technique, too. Let the message land. That's great advice. That, that's, is, that what, uh, is that what it's called in, in acting, the acting world, let it land? Let it land. And, and when you realize that the message has landed, their response will be much fuller back to you. And then it becomes what actors call unifying the audience, unifying the listener. And then it's a give and take. And then it's really, then it's really communicating and collaborating with each other. The other way is just a yammering, isn't it? Just a bunch of information or a bunch of sounds. That, that, that's not the beauty of the voice or the face. That's a good point. And I notice, I think a lot of us are watching a lot more maybe TV news given the, you know, political events we've all been dealing with. Uh, and, and it's noticeable that the professional guests that come on intuitively speak for a certain period of time, a short period of time, and then they know it's, that's the answer is over. And it goes back to the, the interviewer, the commentator. Is there a particular time frame, like you said, you know, have a dialogue and, and share the content with, with one another? Is there a particular time frame that works best in the, in the world of communication? For instance, is it a, a minute long or 
we're programmed for 30-second and 60-second commercials, so I guess I'll turn that back over to you. Well, that's that's interesting that you say that. There's a format that we teach, and it's how to answer impromptu questions. And that format, interestingly enough, allows for a natural time answering the question. If you if you put 10 seconds on it or 30 seconds on it, that's a, that's an artificial boundary that um, isn't as effective as being asked a question and saying, well, thank you for that, that question. And uh, there are three reasons why I like acting. You know, the first is uh, I like bringing stories to people. The second is I like entertaining. And the third is it makes the world a better place. Uh, formats, past, present, future included in the response, one, two, three reasons in the response, pros and cons is another way to go with the response. So I would say format allows our brain to keep from exploding, which which always happens. Our brain explodes <laughs> right. and then we either we either start talking too much or we go completely blank and look like a deer in the headlights. But if we choose a format, we will answer in in a good in a good timely manner and consistent. That's great. Now you have you uh your technique, one of your techniques is called the present moment awareness. And mm-hmm. um something interesting happens when people practices present moment awareness that affects a lot of people when it comes to public speaking. They you, you say their fear evaporates. What do you what do you mean by that and how prevalent is is fear in people with their especially visual communications? I, I wouldn't say it's prevalent. I would say it's omnipresent. I, I've, I've been acting for over 40 years, and I, I, I have never worked with an actor that I respected uh, that didn't have nerves or, or fear before they go in front of a camera, before we go on stage. It's, it's our amygdala and that part of our limbic telling us that we're going to face a tribe intent on cooking us and eating us for dinner. I'm, but the, <laughs> the brain can uh, uh, be instructed that we're actually in control of our nerves. And to do that, we need to uh, prepare. We need to get in this present moment where we're not worried about the future or regretting the past. We're in this present moment before we go on stage. And to do that, actors take in deep breaths, we tense, release, some jump rope, some meditate a little bit. We've got to prepare, and any performer has to prepare, including, of course, a speaker. One has to prepare. And most of the time, people don't know these techniques, and when they apply them, they realize, oh, I had zero fear, no fear. Because there's no room for the fear in the present moment. It takes up space in our entire machinery from top of our head to the tip of our toes. We'll be in the moment. How prevalent is um, 
these days is um, the use of props. I mean, a lot of people have said PowerPoint is dead. Others say long live PowerPoint. <laughs> it, it helps them. Uh, how important is it? I mean, we've, we, I think we've gone, we certainly have gone from a, a information pack slide to a picture being worth a thousand words on a slide and, and a minimal content. What tips would you give people as far as when they're presenting uh, and their visual aids to, to engage them and, and use them most effectively? They're there to support you. And if a slide supports what you're saying and the message you're trying to impart, use a good slide. If, if a prop supports what you're trying to say and the message you're trying to impart, use a prop. There's a wonderful artist named Hans Hoffman, and he has a great quote about what to leave in and what to take out. And he says, to simplify, eliminate the unnecessary so that the necessary may speak. And when we stick to that quote, we'll see the slide and we'll say, I don't need that slide. <laughs> it's kind of dragging this down. Or you know what would help here? A slide of the numbers that happened in the third quarter. You, it, it, mm -hmm. you will know, you will know, eliminate the unnecessary so the necessary may speak. Very good. I like that. Now, you have a, a success story that uh, you wanted to share, I think, today ahead of a, of a, a division of a major company that was an originally shy and nervous and disorganized. And uh, after working with you, they, they now speak globally. Tell us a little bit about the the uh, beginning uh, and uh, how that worked um, and what what was needed in that type of a situation for that individual to become a star oh lovely lovely well when I first met this gentleman he I think he was six six just an enormous beautiful man and he came in and he head of this huge division in this huge company and he couldn't look me in the eyes, and he was very shy, and I'm not an intimidating presence uh, initially. I'm very tiny. But he was very intimidated by having to, to work on his presentations, as most people are. It's scary. People are scared. And he was very shy, and what typically happens is people talk too much when they're presenting, when they're shy. I call it their wall of words. And he talked too much, and he paced all over, and he didn't uh, uh, look people in the eyes, and he he was a mess, and he was such a lovely, giving person. And we worked together, and he was wonderful to coach. I always say that when they do everything that I tell them. <laughs> but he was wonderful to coach, and he did what I advised. And little by little, he improved and then all of a sudden, one time he went up on the stage, he was going to deliver to an all-hands meeting, and he was this amazing person, and he just played the role, which was a big part of the training with him, is that he became, he chose the role of a benevolent king, and that was the leader he wanted to be. He wanted to be a king, but he wanted to be a benevolent one. 
and that was the leader he chose, and that's who he became. And then he went on globally, making presentations all over the place. He worked real hard. I have the greatest job in the world. I get to share this information that I spent my life learning because of joy and passion, and and I was so attracted to it, and I get to give it to people and then watch them become brilliant. It's the greatest job. Well, not only do you do you share that and transform people, but you've yourself have transformed yourself. So you you're a, a basically you're you're your own best client, <laughs> right? <laughs> the way you re- reinvented yourself. So, uh, if you would, uh, we have a couple minutes left, but uh, tell us, uh, you have a a great tip for our audience about the best investment they can ever make. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, there there is, uh, uh, oh my gosh, his name totally escapes me, Warren Buffett, how can I forget him? And I was online, and I was looking around, and it said, Warren Buffett's greatest tip, and I thought, you know. Maybe I'll look it up. Maybe he's got a stop t- stop tip, you know. And I looked it up, and he was saying, investment you'll ever make is in yourself. Learn how to communicate. And I thought, he is the greatest. Uh, and I say to people, invest in yourself. Learn how to communicate virtually. It's going to be with us a long time. Learn how to enjoy it. And deliver your messages so you enjoy it and your listeners enjoy it. Excellent, excellent. So, for our listeners to find out more information about that, about your your methods, Billy, uh, you have a website www.billyshepherd, and I'll spell that for our listeners: b i l l i e s h e p a r d, b i l l i e s h e p a r d dot com. And, of course, your book is out, The Billy Shepherd Presentation Method, now available on Amazon. Hey, everybody, Christmas is coming. Uh, great time to uh, help others invest in themselves by uh, making uh, a gift of The Billy Shepherd Presentation Method. And uh, it's wonderful to talk with you and, and hear about, uh, get to know you, hear about some of your successes and techniques. And I wish you all the success in the world and the upcoming world. Thank you for helping um our listeners to understand more about how they can communicate better and, uh, and for all that you do. Thank you, Bill. It was a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to exit coach radio. 